It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Yo, it is another edition of This Week in Fantasy, and This Week in Fantasy is the first week it finally counts after all the drafts and all of the lead up. It is finally go time. And as always, I'd like to welcome in my guy and the man who finally gets to talk regular season meaningful football games with me. The drafts have been done, at least for the most part, maybe a couple left, but it's go time. It's regular season football, and uh, I I get the distinct pleasure of every week getting to talk to the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. Sigmund, what's up, brother? I'm really looking forward to the season beginning because we obsess about our takes. We obsess about being right or wrong or the thin margins between the backing a player, taking with their ADP and fading them. And we're all going to be wrong about some things. We're all going to be right about some things. Now the contest is to sort through, figure out when we're supposed to stick to our guns and when we have to embrace a new reality. And no matter how bad your draft was, if you are the best at embracing the new reality through waiver wire pickups, through trades, through setting your lineup, being ahead of the curve, you can still win your league. Yeah, it's a weekly league, a weekly game now. It's all about winning each week. We talk about that all the time. Of course, you can follow Sigmund's work. He's a co-owner of footballguys.com, at Sigmund Bloom on Twitter. A terrific follow there as well. So uh, for those new to the podcast, what Sigmund and I do is we rail through every single game on the slate, and Sigmund with his insane mind, which we'll go inside later, um, is able to just spew fantasy information for you. Of course, Sigmund also a a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So some thoughts on the the biggest news of the right now, as it were, the Le'Veon Bell news coming up. But first, Sigmund, as we always do, let's start off with the Thursday night game. This one, obviously, uh, particularly close to home, literally at home for us here in Philadelphia, as the Eagles will 
unveil the Super Bowl banners. Nick Foles at the helm. What are your takes on this Eagles-Falcons opener to start the 2018 season? I'll defer to you as this is your home field if we're uh, if, as it is. But I, I don't expect <laughs> – look, I don't expect it to be that much different than the playoff game, which was dead boring for fantasy. And I would expect it's a Thursday night game. Nick Foles, uh, sort of reduced Philly offense. We've talked a lot about Dallas Goddard and how he is your week one tight end streamer for a lot of reasons. On the Atlanta side, you're not shoehorning anybody into your lineup. You're going to play Devontae Freeman. You're going to play Julio Jones. We're going to watch and see if Julio Jones does look better and is ready to bounce back, especially in the red zone. Steve Sarkeesian, year two of the offense. But I think this is going to be an underwhelming game for fantasy, much like the playoff matchup, uh, which was really the toughest test the Eagles had in the playoffs. Yeah, I I literally could not agree with you more, Sigmund. I think we're looking at a ugly three-point type game here on either side. I think both of these teams have offenses that are maybe not quite ready to start the season with how little people played in preseason, how poorly some people played in preseason. And I think that both of these defenses are going to be ahead of these offenses right now. I know that's certainly true for the defense here in Philly. The defense looked awesome in their one real outing against the Browns for what it's worth, but a lot of pieces there. Michael Bennett coming in. I feel really good about how this defense is going to play out of the gate. Offense is another story. So I think for fantasy purposes, I think you're dead on with that. Sigmund, let's jump to the Sunday slate. I can't. So the fun thing for me about the Thursday night opener for the Eagles, other than, of course, you know, Super Bowl banners and all that fun stuff, is that I actually get to watch a full day of Sunday. I usually have to go back and watch games and do all that stuff because I'm usually covering the Eagles game, as it were. So I'm excited for this slate, Sigmund. And we started off. In Cleveland, but with we aforementioned uh, the biggest news of the week with Levy and Bell not reporting at camp, stuff flying out of the Pittsburgh locker room about him, his offensive lineman turning on him, all kinds of crazy shit going on, Segment. What is your take on this whole Pittsburgh Levy and Bell situation and then this game in Cleveland? Yeah, the team is basically saying, We don't care. We're better off without you. Yeah, and the way man. James Con- the way James Connors run in the preseason, uh, maybe it's not an appreciable loss. You lose Bell and his presence in the passing game, but uh, team cohesiveness also matters. So you're, uh, Bell, even if he does report to the team to get his paycheck this week, not going to play much or at all. James Conner is a solid running back, too. Cleveland's run defense, even without Danny Shelton, still pretty good. Uh, but you obviously like the Steelers' pass offense against Cleveland. On the Cleveland side, Tyrod Taylor is one of your preferred streamers if you're streaming quarterbacks. Carlos Hyde's Steelers have a lot of holes in this offense, a defense, it, inside linebacker safety. So Carlos Hyde's a decent play. I think this will be a competitive game. You know, we're seeing the unveiling of the new competitive Cleveland Browns. <laughs> uh, no one go with Josh Gordon yet. You just want him to get through the game without a hamstring pull. Jarvis Landry is safe. David Njoku is a, a, one of those breakout tight ends you might want to play in week one. Again, those weaknesses, safety, inside linebacker. Njoku can take advantage of that. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this Cleveland offense is super interesting for fantasy Todd purposes. Haley. Yeah, Todd Haley. Look, I think Hugh Jackson is a disaster, but there's a lot of talent there now. So I'm with you. I like Carlos Hyde this week as well. Um, real quick, just as a Pittsburgh guy, what's your if you had to guess, when does Le'Veon Bell report? Is this a, all right, he shows up, he's made his point type of thing sooner? Is this a weeks into the season type of thing potentially? Just like assumption of rational coaching, we're trying to play this from a rational point yeah, of view. Yeah, it's a great point. Which, uh, if it's rational, do we even get to this point? I don't know. 
I'll say this. From a rational point of view, it either makes sense to sit out and play the minimum number of games and basically cost yourself you know, 800000 a game to increase the chances that you get to free agency and you get your payday. Or it makes sense to just show up, get your market rate, $800,000 a game for football is still pretty good, mm-hmm. and you take extra risk, you maybe get worn down. So, you know, it isn't like, I, I don't see Le'Veon Bell and his representative saying, well, well, 12 games of wear and tear is tolerable, but 16 isn't, you know, 11 or 10. No, it's just, do you do the minimum or do you do the normal? And at least the posturing as of this moment, by the time people are listening to this, it might have changed. The posturing is, we'll forego the seven or million, eight million this year to make it a better chance that we'll get 40 or 50 million guaranteed next year. Uh, that's what I would plan on. I wouldn't take Le'Veon Bell if I was drafting this weekend. And there are drafts that happen this weekend, high stakes, high stakes drafts. I wouldn't take Le'Veon Bell until the third round. I would be taking James Conner in the seventh or eighth round. If you have uh, a, a waiver wire run, that you're drafted early, so Connor's uh, undrafted. I think that Connor is probably worth as much as Morris or Peterson, um, just on the promise. Of, he looked fantastic, Steelers offense, even if it's just half of the season, you get a starting James Connor. And then on the flip side, for those of you who've already drafted, you might try to take advantage of the Le'Veon Bell owner who's freaked out right now, especially if they lost Jarek McKinnon or otherwise some of their running back picks didn't work out. They drafted Rashad Penny early or something like that. And if you have a surplus of running backs, say three or four running back options, you flip one of them for Bell with expectation, at least if you can get to the playoffs, you've got Le'Veon Bell plus what you've already drafted. uh, And maybe you get lucky earlier. So there's lots of angles here to play if you're an active fantasy football player. Yeah, a lot of ways this could play out as well. I think it's... um... It's a really interesting situation. All right, few uh, few clunkers in a row here. Cincinnati heading into Indy. Andrew Luck, a very you know obviously intriguing part of this. What do you expect in this one? Rough, rough for Luck. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's just, well, I mean, they're it's a just good defense. Back. It's a good defense. Uh, you know, Ty Hilton got shut down by William Jackson last time they played. Now, I'm not saying to bench T.Y. Hilton, although if you're on the fence, that might be a reason to do that. Maybe look to the tight ends here as short passing, uh, not going into the teeth of the better parts of that defense. I'd say Doyle and Ebron might be the plays here. No one in the backfield. Uh, even Air, Andrew Luck is on autoplay this week. It's the Cincinnati side. That's what you want. You want Andy Dalton. Uh, I think he's a top six quarterback this week. Wow. You want you want A.J. Green. It's Indy's defense. I'm with you. I no, I, I, I think he's top 10-ish for sure. Six is bullish. I like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, so John Ross might be worth a chance. It just takes one play. Joe Mixon, Johnny Bernard, what we like to call so what the heck flex. Johnny Bernard's role looked like it was going to be bigger. Uh, Tyler Eifert for your streaming tight end. He's healthy. He's facing the Colts. So you, you like, and like you said, even the Bengals defense, if you need to pick up a defense off the way of wire, even though they're on the road. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting offense, that Cincinnati offense. A lot of upside there compared to what we could expect. And Dalton, I think, obviously, I'm sure for for big tournaments, he'll be really highly owned, but a nice uh, weekly or daily play uh, this week as well, I would think. All right, moving on, another kind of clunker game here, the Miami Dolphins hosting the Tennessee Titans. What are your thoughts on this one? New Tennessee offense, although Marcus Mario didn't like a, look like a new quarterback in the preseason. Uh Miami has some strengths and some weaknesses in the secondary. It's hard to tell who's going to get to line up against that number two corner. Um, you know, maybe you like the tight end, Delaney Walker. It looks like he's okay against the young Miami linebackers. Maybe like Deion Lewis and PPR leagues against those young linebackers. If you think Tennessee goes down there and controls the game and wins, you like Derrick Henry. On the Miami side, I just 
think underachievers when I think of Miami. So Kenny Stills, I mean, is Tennessee's new look secondary going to be good? We'll see. Maybe Kenny Stills. Kenyon Drake, will Adam Gase use him the right way? You're probably going to play Kenyon Drake if you draft him as one of your top two running backs or a flex if he's your third running back. But uh, you called it a clunker. I, I think this is a, a game where we're probably not going to see the best of either of these teams. But you also have some issues like Jack Conklin's out, so Miami has some good edge rushers. Tennessee's edge rushers are banged up, so maybe... Brian Daniel has a little easier time of it. No Devontae Parker, uh, but still all, all these angles. It's one of the least interesting games of the day. Yeah, hundred percent agree with that. Definitely not going to be high on the uh, the red zone watch list, or I guess uh, you know the regular watch list. Uh, all right, couple good ones here. The Jimmy Jesuses, the San Francisco 49ers, led by Jimmy G in his first full season, heading into face at Minnesota team that's getting a lot of could be Super Bowl champion this year type buzz in the preseason. Of course, Kirk Cousins moving to Minnesota as well. It was a fun one, Sigmund. Yeah, you mentioned on the Minnesota offensive side, you're playing Diggs, you're playing Thielen, you're playing Cook. We're going to see how big the split is for Cook and Murray. Uh, you know, Murray may be on the fringe of that flex range if you expect him to get goal line carries. Kyle Rudolph, John DiFilippo. You know, this is something... I'm sure that you and your colleagues could speak to is what changes are we going to see in the Minnesota offense with John DeFilippo there? Uh, maybe more emphasis on Kyle Rudolph. We'll see. You probably drafted him to be your starter anyway. I don't know if I'd start Kyle, Kirk Cousins this week. He's a safe play, not necessarily a high upside play. Uh, on the San Francisco side, you're fading your 49ers this week because they're on the road facing a very tough defense. Even Marquis Goodwin, he might be, he might, if he gets Trey Waynes on a deep route and they give Garoppolo time to throw deep, maybe Goodwin ends up being a good play. But otherwise, you know, the backfield has uncertainty. Uh, we're not sure how the pecking order of targets is going to quite work out. George Kittle's got a shoulder. So this is one to sit back and see how Jimmy G does in a tough test and see if Minnesota's offense looks better with Kirk Cousins, knowing that the offensive line had a lot of problems in the preseason. Yeah, I agree. Sit your Niners this week. This is not the week to roll them out. You, plus, you want to see what the split's going to be like between Morris and Breida and kind of get a better feel for that situation. Um, all right, next one. If There are two games on the schedule that, for me at least, you look at and you say, all right, that's a uh, that could be the fantasy game of the day, as it were. They're both in the AFC. This is the first of the two, the other at a 4 o'clock game. Houston heading into New England. Deshaun Watson takes the field again. Brady, of course, coming off a 505-yard losing effort in the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, a lot of fantasy potential in this one, Sigmund. It was the last time they played. Uh, Watson, does he pick up where he left off? New England's defense is better than what we saw last year, but not a lot better. Will Fuller, it looks like he's healthy. Watch his practice reports, but he might get to line up against Eric Rowe. You'd expect Stephon Gilmore to lock up DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, just watch for waiver wire watchlist purposes. Ryan Griffin, who's the starter there. Lamar Miller should have all that backfield to himself. We'll see about the offensive line. But it was an anonymous offensive line last year, too. On the New England side, lots of short passing. And Houston might give New England trouble. I expect a ton of Gronk. Uh, if Chris Hogan's in the slot, that's actually where Houston's best defenders are. Do you remember that they got the Honey Badger? It seems like forever ago. I know, and I, he could be really good in that defense. Plus, in that defense. Watt back, Merciless back. I mean, they got... Exactly. Yeah, they got some talent. Clowney, that could, it could be a good defense if they say hell. And And with those guys providing pressure up front, Maybe a tire myth you can uh, freelance a little bit more, wreak some havoc. It's going to be a lot of short passing. Maybe it looks like Sonny Michelle might not be ready, but Rex Burkhead is. So Burkhead's a solid play. Maybe James White, um, Jeremy Hills were in watch 
mode right now, but he could have the like, Garrett Blunt role in this one. But as you said, it's high scoring and one that you hope you have a piece of because both teams being in the 30s or more, very much in the range of possibilities. All right, this next one, maybe not a fun competitive game, but there is a lot of fantasy goodness potentially in it as the Tampa Bay Bucks head into the Superdome to play the Saints. A lot of fantasy relevant players in this one segment. Yeah, and you said high scoring potential here. Uh, Drew Brees, does things get balanced back out so he passes more. Trey Quan Smith, the rookie, I love him as someone to throw in your lineup or at least make sure he's on your roster for this one. He could be their number two receiver. Uh, Alvin Kamara should dominate touches in the backfield. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick, a, a good streamer this week. Uh, you know, he's going to keep throwing punches no matter what. He's got a ton of targets. I'm not sure if Mike Evans, I'm not saying bench Mike Evans, but Marshawn Lattimore, if he shuts him down again, should anyone be surprised? Which makes it more likely that a Chris Godwin or a Deshaun Jackson has a bigger day against a, a lesser Saints corner. Or maybe it's O.J. Howard as Winston likes to lean on Bray, but Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't have a favorite tight end. Uh, probably not Peyton Barber. Uh, and just really mainly we're watching this to see how hot Dirk Cutter's seat is to begin the season. Yeah, Cutter right in that group for me of potential first coaches fired. There's always a... A fun bet to make at the beginning of the season. Hugh Jackson, you would say, should be in there, but I, I don't know why he still has a job, so you never know. I could see Jason hmm. Garrett if the Cowboys yep. get off to a bad start. There's some interesting names there. Um, all right. Uh, I would not guess that either of these next two guys would be first coach fired as one of them went to the AFC Championship game last year and the other one's in his first year, but hey, you never know. Jacksonville Jaguars heading into the New York Giants. Um, interesting one because you got a great defense going up against a team with at least two guys who are first-round picks in most league and, and fantasy potential, as it were. What do you think about this Jacksonville Giants matchup? You're not playing Eli Manning, but you know it's going to be a great test for Odell Beckham. You're not benching him, but you won't be surprised if he struggles a little bit. It might be more of a Sterling Shepard day. Is the weakness in the Jacksonville pass defense would be the slot or the tight end, uh, Evan Ingram. Uh, you're going to play Saquon Barkley. You just want him to get through the game without that hamstring acting up again, though. Uh, we'll see the new offensive line, the new offense, or just the new team. You know, uh, we saw the Rams exhale and really look a lot better without Jeff Fisher. You know that Ben McAdoo was a weight this team was carrying. On the Jacksonville side, uh, do you trust Blake Bortles? Maybe not trust, but you know against the Giants with Olivier Vernon hurt, and Jason Pierre-Paul traded away. He's going to have some comfort back there. Maybe to throw deep to a Keelan Cole, a Dante Moncrief, a D.D. Westbrook. These are all good flex plays, big upside plays. Uh, Leonard Fournette slimmed down. We're going to see how he looks, but also how Corey Grant is mixed in. Austin Ferry and Jenkins, we were targeting as one of our top tight ends of the week. Has an abdominal muscle issue. Still expected to play, but that takes a little bit of luster off of him. All right. Uh, going from that to no joke, maybe the week one game that I can ever remember with the least exciting fantasy implications, real life. Implica I mean, this game just sucks. The Buffalo bills head into yep. Baltimore to take on the Ravens. The last of our one, I got game Sigmund. I mean, you know, I guess if you drafted shady or playing him and Crabtree, but this is an ugly right. game. It is on the Buffalo side. We're just going to see, this is our first test of, does volume make LaShawn McCoy a solid play alone volume? Uh, Nathan Peterman's going to start and, we'll see maybe targets for Charles Clay and Jeremy Curley, not so much Calvin Benjamin. So that's not his strength going outside. Uh, on the Baltimore side, 
Alex Collins looks great, even maybe Buck Allen, depending on how much work Kenneth Dixon gets. You expect Baltimore to control this game, the defense, the running game, the offensive line is going to be a lot better. Joe Flacco is healthier. And one of Crabtree and Brown is going to, or maybe both, because Fonte Davis shouldn't be on an NFL field and anybody they would put out there or anybody they would put in the slot. Yeah, they've got Tredavious White, but he can only cover one guy at a time, which means there should be some success with the tight ends. Nick Boyle, probably the number one tight end, more of a blocker. Wide receivers should get a lot of action against Buffalo, whose defense looked beatable against the Bengals in week three of the preseason. See, that's why Sigmund is the best. Sigmund just went deep on the Bills-Ravens game. I just want to like look at it and throw it in the trash. Sigmund, sure. the, uh, that's why you're the best. Footballguys.com, at Sigmund from on Twitter. All right, uh, Sigmund, um, the, uh, I mentioned before two games that you look at and you say, well, that could be crazy high scoring. I think this is the other one of them as we go out to the AFC West and the Patrick Mahomes led. I know you're a Mahomes guy. Kansas City Chiefs heading in to take on a Chargers team that is getting a lot of buzz this season. Also has a ton of fantasy relevant guys on it as well. What do you think about this one? Yeah, this could absolutely be that one that gets into the 41-38 range. Uh, Kansas City's defense is so bad. So bad. The Rivers should be a top three, top five quarterback play this week. You might be playing him over some quarterbacks who drafted very high. Uh, Keenan Allen actually might face the best corner, Kendall Fuller, in, in Kansas City as the slot corner, but you're still playing him. You're taking more, more open to taking a chance on Tyrell Williams or Mike Williams. We'll see if Antonio Gates is ready. Probably not taking a chance on him yet. Uh, you know, we'll see what Austin Eckler's role is like. Of course, Melvin Gordon ready for a career year. Offensive line looking better. But on the Kansas City side, is this a rougher welcome to the NFL game? For Patrick Mahomes, tough pass rush, tough secondary. They got Derwin James now. Uh, or is it one where uh, Mahomes shows he can punch and counterpunch with somebody like Philip Rivers? So, of course, you're playing Hunt and Kelsey and Hill, but even Sammy Watkins. And, and really that first test of is this offense's high end of the range of outcomes going to be in play all year because of the game scripts their defense is going to put them in? Yeah, this could be a really, really fun one. It's going to be interesting to see how Kansas City – uh, holds up offensively against a, a pretty solid defense with obviously, like you said, uh, as good an edge rushing pass team as there is in the NFL. So that, I think that's going to be a really fun one. Fun to see Mahomes in that spot too. Uh, and a great Keenan Allen is, is my favorite. I, I just love that guy. I think he's so much fun to watch. And again, from a fantasy perspective, he can catch a thousand balls this season. It's within range. Yeah, right. It's within, it's within range, somewhere in that range. All right. Uh, <laughs> this one, a little less exciting from a fantasy perspective, but some interesting storylines here. Uh, Royce Freeman, you know, pretty, pretty uh, exciting as he gets named the starting running back and all that. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks heading into Denver. What do you think about this? Before we get uh, Sigmund's thoughts, on Seattle and Denver, which is going to be a fun matchup fantasy-wise. I believe that you right now are looking at your regular season roster and you're going, I can't believe that I drafted Le'Veon Bell and it doesn't look like he's going to go. And he probably went in the top five. And I know everybody gets so anxious. We'll get the anxiety out of your life because DraftKings.com has the best game going on tonight, Thursday, if you're listening to this, and throughout the weekend. It's the new single game showdown. It's not about just picking a massive amount of players out of the talent pool. You just got to be the smartest person in the room and pick the six best players, especially for us Eagles fans. Tonight is a great night. You can just pick all Eagles players, put in 10 bucks, and possibly win $1 million. It's just that simple. Just go to DraftKings.com and use the promo code GOBIRDS. And when you do, DraftKings is going to give you a free entry into the tournament with your first deposit. Put all your football knowledge to work 
and you could win $1 million while watching the season opener. And the top prize is $1 million, but you don't have to come in first place to be a winner. There are $2.5 million in total prizes, which means thousands of winners. So go download the app, go to DraftKings.com now, and use the promo code GOBIRDS to sign up and make your first deposit. And when you do, DraftKings will give you a free shot at $1 million this Thursday. That's promo code GOBIRDS at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Oh, Seattle. Well, Russell Wilson's going to have to pull a rabbit out of a hat, which he's done many times before. The running game's not going to do much to help them. We'll see about the offensive line. We'll see about Doug Baldwin, who might be facing Chris Harris a lot. So maybe you like Tyler Lockett. Watch Brandon Marshall. Maybe he's not done yet. Tight end's not going to play a big role in this pass offense. On the Denver side, you mentioned Royce Freeman. Seattle's tough against the run, but Freeman's worth a running back to start with the team finally endorsing him as the starter. Uh, is this more of a 1A, 1B, 1C wide receiver group? Certainly, you like Emmanuel Sanders a little more. I would expect Shaquille Griffin, who might be a budding shutdown corner, to face up more with Demarius Thomas, although they may move Thomas around like Larry Fitzgerald later on in his career, put him in the slot more. So we have some stuff to learn, including just how good can Cortland Sutton be right away and making this into uh, a three wide receiver attack for Case Keenum. And just how much better is Case Keenum than Trevor Simeon? So a lot of things to think about here. Denver's defense, getting that extra edge rusher back, uh, the Legion of whom in Seattle. So a lot of questions here. I picked up Cortland Sutton on your recommendation in the WIP Fantasy League segment. So... Exciting stuff you there. You won't be sorry. I feel good. I feel excited about it. Um, and uh, all right, you mentioned uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Going to this next game, Washington in Arizona, it's a game where you look at it and you feel like, oh, this should be a fun game. And then you think about it, you're like, no, might not be a fun game. <laughs> what do you think about this one? Well, we're going to be watching some things here like uh, – uh, How many Alex quarters will Sam Bradford last? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Sam, I'm sorry, Alex Smith versus Kirk Cousins, how the offense functions, who riffs with him. I think it's going to be Crowder and Reed. Can Reed finish the game healthy, a la uh, the question about Sam Bradford, Adrian Peterson, who, you know, Arizona switching to a new scheme. They might not be that strong up front right now. So Peterson could be a solid week one play on the Arizona side. It's David Johnson and Fitzgerald and Fitzgerald and David Johnson and David Johnson and Fitzgerald. And that's what this offense is going to revolve around. Washington's defense is tough. I think they're really underrated. They've got the Alabama combo reunited with Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen and some good edge rushers, some underrated players in the secondary. Uh, I I think we're going to see Washington show that maybe they're more in the mix. Sorry, Philly fans than people might want to think based on how things went last year. I, Offensive line be a lot healthier. Too. I, That's I, yeah, I actually, I, I'm picking Washington to finish second in the NFCs. I still think the Eagles are just deeper and better and all that, and ultimately will will prove out over the course of the season. But I think Washington's a sneaky team, and I think Jay Gruden is not a terrible coach. And I, I'm kind of, I'm with you there. I think they are kind of an underrated team. And Alex Smith, that that quarterback, will always. Gets underrated from that perspective throughout his entire career. So I'm with you. Uh, I'm not sure Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Alex Smith. That's going to be interesting. Obviously, I think maybe at this age you'd want Cousins over Smith, but still. Uh, All right, the last of the 425 starts before we get to the prime time games this week. Uh, We just talked a a little NFCs. The team that I think is going to be the worst in the NFCs, and I so hope they are because I hate them with all my soul. The Dallas Cowboys heading in to take on an interesting Carolina team, C-Mac. We talked about him last week, getting a lot of buzz. Cam Newton, uh, an interesting play this year, kind of being underrated, I feel like, in, in some ways. What do you think about this Dallas-Carolina game? 
maybe the only one to potential to be more boring for fantasy than Buffalo. And Baltimore. <laughs> um, wow. I so mean, look, I think there's some interesting stuff, at least with the yeah, character. There is. Side. I mean, you're going to play Ezekiel Elliott. You don't want to play anybody from the Dallas passing game. That includes Dak Prescott. Uh, we'll see about Travis Frederick and then what kind of difference that makes for this offensive line. But, you know, just when you don't have anybody in your passing game yeah. that can win one-on-one matchups, Teams can overplay the run. Teams can overplay blitzing and getting pressure. And Scott Linehan is not the guy that I want steering me out of that kind of dilemma. (laughs) Neither does Des Bryant. No. And then on the Carolina side, Norv Turner is not the guy I want coming up with some innovative scheme to use all of these disparate elements and variety of players to make them click and work. And yeah, you're going to play Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Cam Newton's not the best guy to make use of him in the short passing game, though. There's not anybody outside of Greg Olson you wouldn't trust. You know, is it Funchess? Is it Moore? Is it Torrey Smith's going to fix figure in Carolina's offensive line has a ton of injury problems. So th- this one's going to be, I, I, I like in some games, uh, James to like a Greco Roman re- wrestling match where the two teams just kind of lean on each other, like a sumo match. And that's what I expect in this one. Yeah, I, I agree. It should for the most part be an ugly game. As long as Dallas loses, I feel good yeah. about it. All right. Second, dun, 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 dun. Da, 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 da. I can't, yeah. I, I, every, I mean, it's the best. I can't wait. Sunday night football. Let's get to some rhyme time action. This is a really interesting one, especially with the Khalil Mack trade. Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers finally back playing in a meaningful game. I know he came back for that one game last year, but that was kind of a, a sham or whatever. But um, the Bears heading into Green Bay, they got Khalil Mack in tow, the, the reshaped offense, the new coach. This could be a fun one, segment. Yeah, absolutely, it could be. And uh, on the Chicago side, Mitchell Trubisky, Matt Nagy, the new offense, Jordan Howard, I think we can trust as every down back. How much will Tariq Cohen be worked in? How much will Anthony Miller be worked in? How, how ready is Allen Robinson? Is Trey Burton going to be the number one guy? A lot of questions, but against Green Bay, you know, I don't see a threatening defense. They have a young secondary that might show us they're better than we expect. Uh, it all comes down to Trubisky, though. Trubisky, a boom-bust streamer, but certainly the boom is there in a possible shootout here because of Aaron Rodgers. How's he going to riff with Jimmy Graham? Uh, Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams as a number one. Can Cobb stay healthy? Jamal Williams, his debut as really the unquestioned starter coming into the year, maybe beyond in a tough matchup against Chicago. It is that Chicago defense. So exciting. What Vic Fangio could do with Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack, the same way it was Justin Smith and Alden Smith and Leonard Floyd, especially when that club comes off Roquan Smith. Uh, there, there's, there's some players here that could be very exciting and make this team and this defense very exciting. Yeah. I think the bears could be fun this year. I don't know if it'll all come together this year, but you just mentioned a lot of playmakers on defense. Like Leonard Floyd is a playmaker. Roquan Smith. I know a rookie. I think he's going to be really good. I love that pick. I'm with you, man. And Cleo Mack, of course, you know, defensive player of the year type of player and has won that. So with you. All right. Uh, Monday night, we get the pleasure of having two Monday nighters. Always fun to hear the, the B announcing team. I guess it won't be Berman this year, but I'm sure it'll be fun, whoever it is. Um, also, the new team, Joe, Joe Tessitore and uh, was it uh, Jason Witten, right? Doing Monday Night Football, mm-hmm. which would be mm-hmm. interesting to yeah. listen to. Um, yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about the former Monday Night Football guy in a minute. But first, let's start with the first game. Uh, neither of these games super compelling, but some interesting fantasy stuff in here. Sam Darnold and the New York Jets headed into Detroit to take on a, a Matt Patricia-led Lions club that has felt uninspiring so far, Sigmund. What do you think about this one? Yeah, it's true, but the Jets are 
so uninspiring. Yeah, um, neither, Sam, Sam Darnold, inspiring. you're staying away from the split backfield. You're staying away to f- figure out the pecking order for these uh, wide receivers for the Jets. You like the Lions defense for your streaming defense. On the Lions side, uh, the Jets' inability to generate pass rush. So you like all three of the receivers here. See, we can't necessarily get conclusive information about how this pecking order is going to sort out because they might all be successful. Even the backfield. Maybe it's a carry on Johnson. What the heck, Flex? Evening. As if they can get a lead, you know, get the rookie worked in there. Maybe it's like Eric Blunt getting the touchdowns or the finishing work. Uh, and even Theo Riddick, the Jets have a lot of problems at linebacker. And Theo Riddick should be able to get open at will against whoever is covering him in this one. So this one's more of a tune-up for the Lions. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, on to the second game of the evening, the dumpster fire that is John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders. This is great stuff segment. I am uh, I'm enjoying I'm here for the John Gruden dumpster fire and a team that probably won't be a dumpster fire. A lot of obviously buzz for this team as well, heading in the Los Angeles Rams, a firepower packed offense and a potentially star laden, talented defense. What do you think about this one? Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch that defense. Uh, on the Rams side, how much bigger is Brandon cook's role than Sammy Watkins? Does that affect cooks? I'm sorry, woods and cup. Um, you know, Jared Goff making another stride maybe in year two. Certainly Oakland's defense is going to be among the worst in the league. No Khalil Mack. Uh, Rams should have a lot of success on the Raiders side. You, so what is it going to be? John Gruden at one time was an offensive genius. Does that still translate to 2018? Does that still translate with the players he has? Marshawn Lynch, I think, is in prime to do well, but will the game script be there? He's got the offensive line in front of him, at least, to make some holes. But can they hang in the game and, and keep him central? Amari Cooper, they'll feed him like a number one receiver. Will it matter? Can he play up to that role? Jordy Nelson, does he have anything left? Uh, and again, with Gruden and little talk about Bell losing the locker room, how much did Gruden maybe lose the locker room. Great point, yeah. Sigmund. I mean, you saw that. Like, Derek, yeah. his ca- quarterback. What? Sleep. No way. Bruce Irving yeah. goes, you know, the the yeah. R-rated version of that. I mean, I, yeah, man. I think it's a really good call. So we'll see how they respond. Because they maybe just realize that they're just furniture that's going to be moved to Las Vegas. And that's really what Gruden's focus is, is to get them to Las Vegas and start the money, then we'll start coming in for Mark Davis. A lot more money than the money that went to Khalil Mack. Yeah, it's a very, very good point there. And uh, I mean, I think this uh, this Rams Raiders game has like forty two to nothing potential. Uh, it could get ugly. All right, uh, as we do now, the time that I get most excited for that I, you know, all this football talk is fun, but. I want to go inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom, and in true inside the mind of Sigmund Bloom fashion, um, last week I had the nice themed first weeks because, of course, I didn't realize that there would be another show that I could do the first for. So instead, I'm just going with four questions that have absolutely nothing to do with each other and are just weird and, and off the cuff and uh, mostly pop culture related. So let's roll in. Segment, four pack of questions. The first question. They just found, I don't know if you saw this, they just found the Wizard of Oz slipper, the the missing slipper that had been gone for like 13 years or whatever. Uh, It's cool, I suppose. But my question is, if you could own any movie prop, anything from any movie ever, your buddies come over, you're like, yeah, check this shit out. What would it be? The rug that ties the room together. Yes! Come on. I mean, I don't even have to think about that. That's the easiest answer ever. Yeah, that's just... Yeah, it tied the room together. <laughs> Come on, man. I wish I could do a good dude. I would do it yeah. nonstop all the time. We have one guy. We have a, a, 
like a call-in line. It's called the Times Years line on the Midday Show on WIP. And it's like um, people leave voice messages and we'll play them and the people mm-hmm. react at the end of every show. And we have one guy call in one time with one of the best dude impressions I've ever heard. He's never called in again. I've never heard again. It was like, it was like some like unicorn. It was so good, Sigmund. I'll have to play it for you sometime. All right. Question number two. The Amazing Race premiered today in 2001. I always thought I would be awesome on that show. I'm great at traveling. My wife's really good at maps, so I feel like we would complement each other well. I'm very good at, you know, that kind of stuff. But if you had to compete on any TV, game show, contest like that, whatever, you could pick anyone ever, what would you compete on? Mm, that's a good one. I know. I, thought, I was really excited about it when I thought of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. So this is more like for me and my personal edification than uh, something that's like I think I would necessarily have the best chance of winning. Yeah, that's the beauty of this segment is that you take it the way you take it. Yeah. um, I just – I, I want to be on the prices right. Yeah. You know, I used to actually want to do a game show tour. So my idea was I was going to take a couple of months off from my life and try to book appearances on a bunch of different game oh, shows. That'd and be t- awesome. That's what I was going to try to do. But I, I, just the idea of being on the prices right, even with Drew Carey, getting up there on stage, doing one of those pricing games. Um, yeah, that's that. That's what. That's the. I loved game shows. Sigmund Bloom, come on now! Yeah, exactly. In a new car! Pontiac Firebird! (laughs) California Emissions! Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, I might do better at a different contest. Sure. But and, and then there there would be you know the fun of I, this is a moment where I got to mention Mike Renner from our yeah uh, from the, PFF, the Bachelor that made it on the Bachelor and actually made it a few uh, episodes in with his his Fabio good looks yeah an attractive fellow shout out to uh, shout out to Mike Renner great football analyst a great PFF Mike yeah yeah I wouldn't know who he was if he weren't on the Bachelor so. That was good. And I'm not, mostly that's on me, not my fault. But I did see his stuff and I was like, oh, this guy. That's cool. Um, it was neat to have someone in the industry in something like that. Um, so, all right. Um, all right, next question. This is one of the stranger ones I feel like I've asked. Not in terms of the answer, just in terms of it's it's kind of an inane thing that I don't think most people think about. But Cal Ripken played his 2,131st straight game tomorrow in 1995, breaking Lou Gehrig's record. What is your, and again, this is one of your take it whatever way you want. It could be most impressive, favorite, or whatever. But what's the best streak? Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh-huh. What a weird See, because right? the, 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 there's some streaks here that are probably more for my therapist, you know. <laughs> and maybe for your audience, it could be something very comforting because they would say, oh, I'm working on a streak of that myself. <laughs> uh, you know, or I could get gross and be like, until recently, it's been years since I had actually cut my nails because I just bite them or something oh. like that. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Is that gross? I don't know. It doesn't seem gross to me because it's what I yeah. used to do. I think there are a lot uh, of people who do it. Um, wow. Most impressive streak. See, most people were thinking, oh, Joe DiMaggio, 56 games. No, no, no. That's not where Sigmund goes. Yeah. So wait, you're saying a streak that somebody else had? I thought you were saying a streak from my own life. Either or. I love that you interpreted uh, that way. I'm sorry. It's because I'm self-absorbed. <laughs> Something you're always asking me about me. Um, wow. <laughs> I like yours. Well, That's even more fun. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm trying to think of a good streak. I'll say this. Okay. Not so much a streak 
per se, but somebody I think that deserves um, a longevity uh, award. It's Betty White. Oh, it's a great I, call. I, I want to say that Betty White is the longest running performer in in the world or in American show business right now, and always relevant and always um, individual and unique, and giving the world her own Betty White charms and uh and hasn't changed uh, hasn't changed at all she's the same woman she was 30 years ago it's unbelievable yeah Yeah. she's in her 90s segment i'm I'm impressed with betty white i'm impressed with i love that answer betty white's streak of awesomeness is a very good answer yeah there you go i like that all right last question um kind of related to television and uh, like you were talking about there it is television but television Betty White relates through television. Um, all right, I've been um, so when I write or when I I'm working on stuff, I have to watch something I've seen a lot. Like I can't. I always have sports on on one TV. I have two inside baseball. I have two TVs in my basement. You know, so I'll have sports on one or two, depending on what's going on. But sometimes I'll have a TV show on that I've seen before a lot, and I can watch sports on the other, and I can kind of listen and I can look up and see a joke every once in a while, and then go back to work or whatever. But I've been watching a lot of The Office lately. That's been my show. I do Parks and Rec. There are a lot of different shows, but to you, Sigmund, what is your most rewatchable yeah. show? Yeah, and first of all, I want to take a moment out to say the British Office with Ricky Gervais is uh, a must watch. Yeah, much, it's must, terrific. It's really it has it has it's raw. Martin in terms Freeman. Of, it's a great. Oh, it's yeah. great. I, it hits really close to home. It's much um, more awkward. It's not even close. Yes. It's awkward enough that it'll really make you uncomfortable in a way that I think that, you know, the office world can do. So, I mean, the most rewatchable show for me as far as something that I would watch and be paying attention to and quoting and really enjoying all the multi layers and twists and turns, although it does have some things that are a little problematic upon reviewing 10, 15 years later would be The Wire. But... I want to answer the question specifically about the scenario you described. Yes, I because like there that. is a show. There is a show that I can watch and do watch. My my love of my life, my fiance Kate and I will watch. Um, you know, just as we're falling asleep, or just to have yes. something on. That's the I point said, of the question. That was the heart tune, of the question. There, you can tune in and out. And the answer is, and this is a moment for us to say, you know, may, may he find peace, may he rest in peace. It's Anthony Bourdain, whether it's No Reservations mm-hmm. or um, Parts Unknown, um, there's so many layers to the show. There's so many layers to now the arc of Anthony Bourdain's life and, and looking back and all the questions that remain unanswered. But certainly uh, it, it's a show that was personal it was a show that introduced you to a lot of great things and great places it was a show that tried to be authentic and real about what matters in this world and going into every day and every situation with an open mind and you know getting over yourself basically we were watching Bourdain get over himself and it's a show that I can watch over and over again love it terrific answer at Sigmund Bloom on Twitter, footballguys.com. The Audible with him and Cesar Lamy eight days a week. Catch all of it. And uh, he'll be back next week because I, again, am fortunate enough to talk to him every week about the week's action. And I get to coincide his mind too, which is a blast. So uh, until next week, Sigmund, thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Already looking forward to it, as I said, Sigmund. And uh, thank you, everyone. For listening to the week one edition of This Week in Fantasy, of course, we will be back next week to preview the entire week two slate. So with that in mind, for Sigmund Bloom, for myself, 
Gobert. <laughs>